Okay. Hi, everybody. The podcast is on purpose. We are your hosts. I am Dr. John Duffy, and with me is Chicago Tribune columnist Heidi Stevens. Hi, John. Heidi, how are you? I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been um, kind of an interesting week. We saw Jerry Seinfeld over the weekend. Oh, my gosh. Where? We saw him at the Chicago Theater. Okay. Yeah. Performing. We've seen... Yeah. 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 (laughs) It was just like at a restaurant. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's in Panera. I should be specific. (laughs) Right. Good point. (laughs) I forget you're a reporter. Very exact. We saw him on stage. Okay. But he did point out Is he funny still? You know, um, yes. Uh, we've seen him three times, and so the third time, it's a little... You can kind of anticipate what's coming. Okay. But he knows... What I like about him is he knows that the visual of him coming out on stage is a thing. It's a moment mm. because he's iconic. Yeah. So he'll point that out. Like, you know, you guys know that I don't have to be here, that I could be doing something. And it's really kind of... The meta little thing he does is kind of funny and interesting and, okay. you know, like, you know, but I have nothing, just like you had nothing else to do today, I have nothing else to do either. You yeah. know, like, so this is sad for everybody, <laughs> which actually was pretty funny. You yeah, know? that is funny. Yeah. So, so he's funny. He's not topical. He's not like of the moment in okay. any way. You That's know? what I wondered. No, not yeah. He's kind of dining out on his... Seinfeld shtick. Socks in the dryer. You know, okay. like there's one sock that stays in the dryer and that won't meet its mate or whatever. Okay. Yeah, he's still he's still on that bit. But his, just there's something about his voice that's funny, right? I read an interview with him. I don't know how deep we want to go in the Seinfeld's <laughs> like, psychology, but where he realized when he was young, he didn't have anything special. But if he ramped up the pitch of his voice, uh-huh. eventually it's kind of like, I will kind of, I'll do this until you're laughing, you know? Okay. <laughs> so, so he realized it was that, that delivery. And he had an opener who we were thinking, Julie and I were both thinking, if, the, if Seinfeld did the opener's bit, yeah. it would have killed just because of the way he talks. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. I've always thought that about him. I didn't really watch the show, and I'm probably going to lose like 90% of the people listening right now. But when I did, I didn't think it was that funny. Right. Um, and whenever I hear him talk, I think the only thing that's funny right now is your voice. Yeah. Like, I mean, he makes <laughs> clever observations here and yeah. there. Fine. Um, but I don't find him like, oh my God, how did he think of it that way? That is right. amazing. Right, right, right. No, um, no, no, no. I, I totally agree. Um, all that said, oddly, um, you know how Letterman has this new renaissance thing going where he does this Netflix show and he's yeah. trying to talk to, you know, Malala and, and Barack. Right. And, you know, like, he realized women exist. He, and, he actually yeah, does, yeah, he's talking right. to women yeah. that he's not sleeping with. Right. <laughs> yeah. Might have let one in his writer's room now that it's 2019. And, yeah. Yeah. Some, somewhere around 73, you realize, yeah. maybe I didn't do this right. You yeah. know, <laughs> I should probably like do some corrective work here. Yeah. Um, there's and, still time. It's good. And he Better talked late to than ever. he talked to Seinfeld, and Seinfeld turned the whole thing around on him, and um, and said, you know, like you refuse to be joyless, er, joyful, and you deny yourself, and and the reason you've created problems in your life is because you've refused to just accept that you're a pretty funny guy, you change the nature of comedy, you're always down on yourself, and then you're kind of in a prophetic way creating your own problems. Wow, I know it was pretty profound. Okay, how did yeah. he respond? Um, laughed th- thinly. Off. He yeah. laughed it off. Oh, yeah. He yeah. just, uh, I don't think he has that self-observation willingness. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the really, um, one of the profound, I hate to use that word about someone's death, but I think it's accurate. Things that came out of Robin Williams' suicide was some of the conversations about how 
sad a lot of funny people are. Yeah. Right? How much yeah. sadness is at the root of humor? Yeah. No, I totally agree. Robin Williams was somebody where um, I felt like when you watched him, his sadness was palpable. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, it was just under the surface. And so I think he kind of had you at more than one level, right? Because you knew he was like outrageously funny. Yes. Um, but you could also feel feel the humanity in him, right? You know totally. what I mean? Like the pathos was not deep below the surface yep. ever, I don't think. Yep. And yeah. when he would play certain roles like mm. Dead like, Poets Society oh. or Goodwill <laughs> Hunting, you thought like, oh I think this I think this might be him. Yes. Right? Yes, for sure. And those other two roles, right? I mean, yeah. oh my God. Like just you wouldn't think a comic of any kind would have any of that in him. And you know, they're just such beautiful roles beautifully done yeah and you do feel like oh yeah i think i see the real guy here i think yeah. so yeah june had a bunch of girls sleep over her for her birthday a few weeks ago and they all wanted to watch a movie and one of them suggested goodwill hunting she had seen it and none of the other girls had so that's what they watched and uh they let me watch it with them and i mean it's, it it has stayed good it was a little like ooh, there's a lot of like you know, there's some blowjob jokes. Oh, I, right. In, <laughs> I didn't think about that, but sure there are. A lot of F-bombs. Yeah. Everyone smokes. But whatever. Right. I mean, it's I think. Boston. It's Boston. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall. That's like, you know, hey, what's up? You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Your mother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but overall, I think, I mean, they did. They all said they loved it. And, you know, we were crying together. And it was yeah. kind of lovely. This reminds me, having nothing to do with what we want to talk about. Yeah. Did you ever read Molly Ringwald's piece about um, John Hughes movies? Yes. Man, what a revelation that was oh, to me. Right. Mostly because, about Breakfast Club, yes, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I so have always loved that movie, and I never thought about the misogyny of it in any way. Yeah. And now I'm afraid to look back. To at go it. back and watch yeah, it. Yeah. Because you know, I know she's right. Yeah. That she's so specific and clear and it's like a little horrifying yeah. yeah i will say michael hates john hughes movies um and always has even ferris bueller which like gets people to want to take his honorary chicago and right <laughs> the whole tour off. right right yeah. take away his chicago and card um but yeah i, oh. I <laughs> <laughs> take right? away michael's chicago card. right exactly <laughs> yeah you have to love ferris bueller if you're gonna right. love chicago don't right, you right right fair enough um, at some point in your life you have to have dressed up like him for halloween <laughs> And <laughs> right. at the very least, you have to love the movie. Right. You're not going to drive uh, a Ferrari through a window. You, at the very least, have to dress like him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, he could speak about it more interestingly and intelligently than I can. But he has always held those movies in kind of low regard, the John yeah. Hughes movies. So anyway. Okay. All right. Um, so we have something we kind of want to talk about, right? Well, yeah. I thought this email was interesting. We talked about the grown and flown authors a little bit last week, and I think they've come up before. I get their emails every week. I think you do too. I right? do too. Mary and Lisa, my book is going to catch up with yours yeah. still, by the way. We, we keep invoking I'm grown sure and flown. Listen. We're selling the yeah. book here on the podcast. I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> Hi. Um, I read your emails sometimes. I don't always open it because, you know, I get a lot of email. But this one I opened, and I thought it was interesting that it was like um, three battles you should stop picking with your teenager. Right. And that got my attention, and I opened it up and read it. And I don't know. I just thought it would be kind of interesting for us to talk about a little bit. Totally agree. Um, And it, it, I agree with all of them. And I also, I hope we can talk about, like, because 
I, I hope we can talk about why these are battles you should not pick and why these are conversations you should not get stuck on all the time with your kids. But I want to also hear from you what we should be talking more about with our kids and not from like a risk danger. What are we failing to address with them standpoint, but from like a what sources of like joy and connection are we missing out on? With, and calm, like and you were calm. talking about calm a little while ago, and it's like, no, we don't bring much of that to our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe like we could talk about clearing some of these things away, and then in the space that's left, what do we fill it with a yeah. little bit? Yeah. So the list, uh, okay, three battles to stop picking with your teen. The first one was uh, messy bedrooms, dirty bathrooms. Yep. So in my house, we all share one bathroom. So I don't. We do as well. I don't pick that battle with them because it would be like, well, then clean it, mom. <laughs> it's <laughs> some of it's yours. The I'm sure. bathroom. It's not like <laughs> June. Your bathroom's messy. Well, her bathroom's my bathroom. We have one bathroom anyway. Um, but the messy bedroom thing. I have gone back and forth with parents on for years because I actually wrote about this when June was eight. I remember um, interviewing Wendy Mogul, who I adore. Uh And, you know, she said, think of their bedrooms as like a nest. Like they're a little bird and that's their nest. And they bring in little scraps and treasures and feathers and balls of dust and whatever you need to build a nest. And then, you know, they sort of build it around themselves as this like little safe place. And it's filled with things that, you know, they treasure and have picked up along the way. And yep. and, you know, so I could hear people going like, okay, well, then why does it all need to be on the floor? Like, right, right. <laughs> can't they have those treasures and feathers and bits of dust like on shelves? Um, but I do, I found that it just was something, if if I started harping on my kids about how messy their rooms were, it would really be something we would do battle on every single day. For sure. Um, yeah. And it would, those, the rooms would not feel like, safe places for them to retreat to and I would walk into their bedrooms and instead of like seeing their warm little body and feeling grateful and joyful I'd feel like so I very early on decided to let it go yeah just they're just gonna be messy yep and but I but I think there are parents who really do think of it as like a life skill like, how am I going to send this kid off to college without the ability to pick up a damn bedroom? Right, for sure. Um, I, I run into that all the time, and a lot of a lot of parents are afraid. No, it's it's a it's a not a sanctuary. It's a it's a den of iniquity. Like, yeah. it's, it's a, <laughs> and in my house, where I'm paying the mortgage, right? right? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And and all the bad things are happening in there, and I don't even know what's happening behind the closed door, and that makes me crazy. Yeah. So I want that the door open. I want everything clean and spotless because yes, if they we send them off to college and they don't have that skill, all hell breaks loose somehow in some way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we got to choose our battles, too. I think so, too. Yeah. And I actually think that th- this reminds me a little bit, sounds off topic, but it's not, I don't think. It reminds me of, like, I was telling you earlier, June told me last night, like, oh, my God, we have to watch Screenagers tomorrow at school. <laughs> and I was like, 
oh, I heard that's really good. And she's like, it's not. We already watched it last year. I'm like, they're making you watch it again. And she's like, yeah, they said, oh, it's Screenagers 2.0. So I think that like sometimes we think they don't know these things. Right. We have to keep telling them like, you guys, you're on your phones too much. Or like, you guys, the socks go in the bin. Like, I think I think. They will get to college and know how to pick up their room. I yeah. think they know how, and they're just not. And right. like, I do think that's something to remind ourselves sometimes too. Like, they know how to do it. Yeah, they're, they're just, choosing not they're to. They're just choosing not to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And maybe once they have a roommate, you know, with their own apartment or their own dorm room or whatever, they're not going to put their roommate through that. And they recognize that, and they're discerning, right? They're not. They talk differently to your friends than they do to their peers. Yes. You know, like they kids are pretty wily. They're pretty smart. They're pretty. They know how things work. I think so. I think so. Okay, so the second one was um, the second battle not to choose, not to pick with your teenager is getting the silent treatment. So, you know, if they're sort of like giving you the one word answers or the no word answers, or or the (laughs) the K text, just the KK, KK, I like KK a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Or what? My favorite one is, um, and by favorite, I mean least favorite. um, The letter Y. June will text me the letter Y, and I'm like, is that? Yes, or is that like W H Y? Like I, li- this one I literally don't know what you mean. I, I can't yeah. interpret that is one. That, no. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> it uh, almost feels like a screw you, like right. you know, like just a random, you know, yep. I'm just going to touch something on the keyboard and it's yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the letter that my thumb was closest to. So Michelle Eichert, this now we're focusing on text and not face to face conversations, but Michelle Eichert helped me. Um, drop a little bit of my annoyance at the short text thing a while ago because she said, you know, we're always lecturing our kids to like be in the moment, you know, and make eye contact and yeah. talk to the people you're with and don't hang out with your friends and then check Instagram to see what your friends you're not with are doing. Like that's our lecture constantly, right? right. Then our kids get away from us and we text them constantly. Yeah. So we're like basically forcing them to not be in the moment and stare at their phone and do all the things we keep lecturing them absolutely not to do. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, number one, not text her constantly when she's with her friends or right. at school or at a competition or whatever, only if I need to. And if she doesn't text back right away, I'm going to like take that as actually kind of a good sign. Or if she she's texts back engaged. one letter, like, fine. Yeah. You know, she was polite enough to respond. She's also like probably wanting to be in the moment with those friends yeah. or classmates or teammates or whatever. And I think you can just like the bedroom thing. I think you can create a war out of this as well. Like, you know, I well, I know you can. And it happens all the time. Uh, families will be sitting across from me talking about like, well, you'll just text me back. You know, one quick word. This is rude. This is un- you know, I can't believe that this is the way you're willing to communicate with me. And a lot of kids are like. Well, that's just how we text. Right. You know, like that's just how it goes. You know, like if you want more, you can call me. I'll probably pick up the phone. Probably. You call, you know, yeah. Probably. I might. <laughs> I, I wouldn't guarantee I might that. Not. But right, yeah. right, right. There's a chance I'll pick up the phone. But what, one thing I want to remind parents of is a lot of kids will tell me um, if you think about how often you were talking to your parents, mm-hmm. we probably are talking to ours way more. Oh. When you add texting totally. and, and actual language. Right. Yeah. There's, it's way more. Right. Um, I but, worked, worked with a mom recently. Uh, well, no, she was in an audience. And um, and I don't know what point we were trying to get to, but I asked her, well, how much time? Because I, I think I was saying you need to spend a lot of positive time with your kids. And she said, well, I don't have that kind of time. I said, well, how much time do you spend with your kids a day? And she said, eight hours. And I was like, wait a minute. 
how much time do you spend like not in the same building but with your kids? And she goes, yeah. oh, 10 minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, you know, like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, yeah. spend yeah. like a good portion of the 10 minutes like connecting with right. them in a nice way. Not lecturing them about their bedroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's funny. The other thing I'll say about the silent treatment is, and I wrote about this a couple years ago after a chef running a field trip, like I think they come home from school kind of like out of words. I mean, I think they have been on for so many hours straight and bombarded by stimuli. Like I, if I chaperone a field trip, like I really want to find like a hyperbaric chamber and be surrounded by utter silence for like a good 24 hours afterwards because the screaming and the directions and the questions and the observations and the, and you're just like trying to be like joyful and enthusiastic in the and moment with them the whole time. And then afterwards you're like, Oh my God. So that's there every day, every, every day. Moment. They're like, get in line, get in line, put on your coat, put on your coat, put on your coat. Yep. Does everyone have on their coat? And the, and like, the, I'm talking about little kids now, but it's the same in high school. It is. Bombarded by instructions and reminders and tests. And then, and that's just the authority figures. And they got their friends and then you got whatever's happening on your phone. And so I do think like they come home and are kind of like, yeah, I don't have any more words right now. Yep. Um, I need, fine I need is sanctuary about and quiet. all I can come up with right now. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. Fine. And that's what home has to be about. It's got to be like, okay, we, we're going to bring it down a notch, right? And you can be quiet for a while. Kids have always worked in sound bites to some extent, but now it's not just all that racket that you're describing in the bus or whatever. Um, not to get overly psychological here, but kids tell me they're forever evaluating themselves in their own minds. Am mm. I good enough? Am I doing okay? Was that funny enough? Was that charismatic enough? Did mm. they like me? You know? Yeah. Um, so there's all this, there's other work they're doing all the time too. And so when they walk into the house, you know, hopefully they can relinquish some of that. Yeah. You know, I, not, I don't think they can all of it because they, they replay yeah. all day long, you know? Yep. A lot of kids do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I can imagine listening to this and thinking like, okay, so I'm just have, supposed to have no expectations on my child whatsoever. <laughs> like they can just be rude to me, ignore me and keep a messy room. And I'm trash th- the house yeah, trash and the house um, not and... speak and just be rude. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I guess like, I would love to hear your answer to that, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like a- every example of a silent treatment doesn't have to feel like an affront, right? Like if yeah. that's all you ever got from your kid, that would be worrisome. Yeah. Um, but just because that's what they bring you when they get home from school or that's what they bring you when they wake up or like they have silent treatment moments, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't necessarily have to raise a red flag, right? As long as you at some point get more out of them, you know, For you sure. can be riding in the car together and go really deep and funny and have a lovely conversation or over dinner or, you know, you have your moments. And sometimes kids will just spontaneously bring that moment. Parents tell me pretty funny stories where usually it's at the most inopportune time. Like they want to talk to their kids when they get home from school. They've protected time for that. And then their kid will come home at like, you know, 11 o'clock on a school night, you know, or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I, can I tell you what happened? And right. all of a sudden they're spilling and most and parents are learning because they're like, 
okay, I'm, I'm going to sit around for this ride. I, it's time for bed. Like, yep. you know, there's so much to do. You're not done with everything. Yeah. But, yep, let's hear it. Yeah. What's going on? You know, so you almost have to take those moments when you get them, when they want to talk. Right. But there's going to be a lot when they don't. And it's not the end of the world, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm not against parents kind of making appointments. Like, you know, hey, mm-hmm. I need 10 minutes of your time later today. I just want to hear what's going on. Yeah. Walk me through the classes. Tell me how you're doing. You know. I um, like that. Yeah. Yeah, a little like a little parental therapy. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, okay, so the third one, this one's probably going to be controversial, but um, hmm. the third battle you're not supposed to pick with your teenager is about the future. Yeah. Um, it says this will be the toughest battle to walk away from, but it's probably the most important one. And you need to do just that. Walk away. From the moment your kid starts high school, they'll be inundated with discussions about their future. They'll be told as freshmen that the next four years are make it or break it. They'll be asked ad nauseum what they want to be when they grow up, how exactly they're going to achieve that goal. So what do we think? I mean, how do you not talk to your kids about the future or or how do you talk about the future in a way that's not? Well, first, let's give a nod to diminishing returns. Whoever wrote the article in, in that. It's true, you know, and I don't think it starts in high school. Yeah, um, you, you were talking about, you know, June's grade and I work with sixth, seventh, eighth graders who are keenly aware of what they need in order to get into college. And a lot of this is stuff they're hearing from parents, older siblings, anywhere. You know, uh, they just know it. My son is in fifth grade, and he said to me the other day, I don't mind that I didn't join beta. I know it looks good on your high school resume. Wow. But I have debate. And I was like, wait, there's a high school resume? Like, (laughs) what? Is that on the parent portal, which I've never checked? Um, He's in fifth grade. Right. No, I mean, that's how... That's the nature of things now, you know, you, and you think about, honestly, think about what it was like when you were in high school, you know, like uh, I thought about colleges for a few days. Mm-hmm. We went and visited a couple places and we applied and it was over. You know, I took the ACT one time. It was done. I didn't think about it beforehand. It didn't take a class for it. Yep. Now, <laughs> you know, now kids are hyper preparing and it's on their mind. So if we just pile on to the stuff they already know and are anxious about, Yeah, there's not much utility to that. Yeah. You know, um, they know. They know their grades count. You know, they know every semester's important. They know all the stuff you're probably wanting to lecture them about. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to, if you can't help yourself, you can even say like, you know, I can't help myself. Uh-huh. I have to say this thing, you know, like, <laughs> like I, I, you know, I, I can't tell whether your homework is done. So give me a little comfort here. Like, I tell like me, that. tell me how we're doing. Right. Yeah. Human to human. Right. Yes. Even something that small feels like a pretty big shift to me. Yep. Like we're on the same page here. Like I'm, I'm going to acknowledge that I sound ridiculous and like a broken record here, but I can't. I absolutely. I'm, it's, I feel like I'm shirking my parental duties. If I don't say this, I'm going to say it. And I I will give the parents I'm working with lately a huge nod because I have had a lot of sessions where I've had to do very little because when parents are sitting with their kids lately, for whatever reason, there's a lot of like, I know you're going through a tough time, but let's just see if we can't do a little bit more and I'll work with you. We'll hire a tutor, you know, because I know you don't want that D in math to hold out. You know what I mean? I know, I know we want to do something about that. And yet I get that this is tough for you. This isn't, you know, you're not crazy about the teacher and really a recognition of like where their child is. I get that, you know, like college didn't go well and we're regrouping here. Um, so what next step do you think makes sense to take, you know, and we'll support you no matter what that is, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's a lot more of that going on than, 
um, the intensity of like, you know, you got to get back out there, right. you know, like, um, or something devastating is going to happen. Yeah. Or you're going to fall behind somehow. Yeah. I'm not hearing that as much, yeah. which, which I give parents a lot of credit for because I think we all carry the fear all around a little bit. Totally. You know I mean? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I think often our kids get the sense that um, we don't have confidence in them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a huge Instead problem. of hearing it as like, let me help you or let's talk about this or what do you want to do? Maybe they hear it as like, look, I don't trust you to yeah. figure this stuff out on your own. So I'm going to bring it up for the ninth time. It's the portal watching. I mean, that it's kind of a, a, a remnant of that. Not that that's the end of the world. Although if I could do away with it, I would. Because yeah. I think it's really unhealthy and um, and drives like problems on the daily. And it doesn't so t- portals typically, you, you do not look at them, right? I don't. So I see them on occasion. Yeah. I've never once looked at my sons ever. Yeah. And um, things worked out. Yeah. Things tend to work out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he graduated. Um, yeah, he graduated. High school and college. I think we went to a ceremony. He got something. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw the actual thing, but I'm, you know, yeah, there the illusion. There, there's some kind of street smarts going on if he didn't graduate. <laughs> that I admire. Um, but yeah, I, I think if we're watching all the time, the idea our kids are getting is, you know, I don't trust you. You can't handle the truth and the world and what's going yeah. on out there. And so I'm going to have to micromanage this and literally day by day. So you're not even allowing your kids like that week where it's like, all right, I screwed up. I didn't do any math homework. I think I get partial credit if I hand in some stuff next week. You know yeah. what I mean? That kind of like craftiness where you can work around a few things. Yeah. And, you know, like I think there's life skill in that too. Mm-hmm. But if you're watching day by day by day, you know, hour by hour, which some parents do, yeah. you know, like staring at the portal, like, you know, oh, well, we didn't hand in an assignment. We, mm-hmm. We're going to be out. We'll be talking about that tonight. Oh. Then there's no, you know, there's so, it's such tight, constriction on parenting that you never allow your kids to establish any sense of competence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, like I said at the beginning, um, what goes unspoken or sort of what bonding, bonding so overused, but, you know, I, <laughs> I, I will say, and I talked about this before we started recording, but like this morning, you know, we have to get out of the house really early on Wednesday mornings because my son has debate practice before school starts at 7. We got to leave the house by 6.30. Wednesday mornings are a little, you know, it's a different pace, right, right. to get out of the house an hour early. Um, this morning we pulled up to school like two minutes early because traffic wasn't bad or whatever. And he's like, you know, wrestling around in the backseat trying to pick up his lunch and his debate box and his backpack. And um, I can tell he's kind of like, you know, panicky a little bit yeah. about getting all this stuff and carrying it in school and not being late. And um, I just was like, hey, bud, take your time. We're, you don't have to be in a hurry at all. Look like we're actually early today. And I just physically watched his body on tense, yeah, like his little, little shoulders go down and like, breathe, you know, he's breathing. And I thought like, gosh, I don't think he hears take your time enough. Right. Like, what are the things I'm not saying to him enough that like, I think actually for this kid and every kid's going to be different. Um, I think this kid 
actually wants to hear that. Oh, yeah. Take your time, bud. I oh, think a no lot worries, of kids sweetie. could use to hear that. Like, I think that's great that you had the presence of mind to say that, right? Instead of like, oh, good, we're early. Good. You know, go. You know, yeah. get out there. Now I'll be, I can be <laughs> early I for can my thing. I get to work early. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Um, no, I love that. And I think, you know, we can do a lot. Almost all of us can do a lot more of that kind of thing. Like, you know, to bring down the level of crisis because our kids feel like this kind of, I talk a lot, I use the word anxiety way too much. Um, and people think I'm talking diagnostically, like, you know, you have an anxiety disorder, but you, I, I just mean like, I think kids have a hair or two more anxiety at baseline than mm-hmm. they need to have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, 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 um, and it's unhealthy and, and to bring it down and to slow down is, is such a great message for kids because they never hear that. Oftentimes they hear what we were talking about a little while ago. Like, you know, hey, I told you to do that last night and have your bag packed and ready to go. Yeah. And now we're running late. You right. know, and I'm not going to call you in. You right. know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a crisis and I'm going to make it worse. Yes. <laughs> right. We tend to amplify right. out of frustration, <laughs> totally. you know, instead of recognizing like maybe there is no emergency here. Right. You know what I mean? Like maybe this is just a situation we can like work through together yep. and maybe tomorrow we can talk tonight about how we make tomorrow a little smoother, Yeah, but take the intensity out of it. Our kids feel enough intensity. Yeah. They really do. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Oh my gosh, I definitely think so. Um, yeah, I've also been noticing, I think it was partly the uh, byproduct of the strike um, and just having my kids around more and then in the evenings not having any homework to do right. Right? No, right. <laughs> or like school practices to go to or anything because it was all off. We've just been telling each other more stories, you know, like I would be like, oh, my God, you guys want to hear about, you know, my coworker's son's Halloween party that he snuck out to. And (laughs) of course, they're like, you know, pull up a chair. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Yes. Like another kid doing something bad. (laughs) (laughs) But we've just been, you know, and then I'll tell a story and then that'll remind one of them of a story that happened six months ago that they never told me. Or So, like, I just think sometimes this is I'm saying this to remind myself as much as anything. um, Sometimes if you clear some of this, you know, authority figure stuff off your plate here and there. I'm not saying, you know, never parent, never parent. Right. Right. For sure. Not saying that. But I guess I'm just saying, like, for me, I'm feeling like parenting is more than like keeping them on the straight and narrow. Right. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, It's got to be a lot more than that. Otherwise, you're white noise. And I I don't think our kids are listening if we're only talking about keeping them on the straight and narrow. Um, as an example of what we might fill in the gaps with when we're not lecturing or, you know, uh, downloading our anxieties onto our kids, which I think we do a lot of. Um, I worked with this. Um, I'm going to be cryptic a little bit here. I worked with a 17 year old girl and um, and her parents were kind of like, what what else do you expect us to do? And she said, well, I'm really funny. Like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I'm really funny and you guys never even give me a moment. Oh. You don't give me the stage. Like I have great, a great sense of irony and sarcasm and, you know, and I can play that off, but you guys don't give me a moment to oh, be funny, you know, yeah. like give me that. Like that's you know? who I am and yes. you guys don't even know me. Exactly. Exactly right. And she is, I mean, she is ridiculously funny and I don't think I all, I, I often sit across from a 16 or 17 year old and I think 
I wonder if mom and dad know this kid yes. like this way, you know, because they're yes. funny or sarcastic or they're a graffiti artist or they can rap, you know, yeah. or they're willing to get up and do a soliloquy right in front of me. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I so hope the parents get to see this sometimes, yep. you know? Yep. And um, I think the more you leave space for that, you can celebrate the parts of them that they value, that define them for themselves that might not show up on the, you know, college app. I Never will. I love that. Right? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. usually um, it's often the thing <laughs> that parents find most frustrating about their kids where if you could flip that yep. and be like kind of marvel at it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you're driving me nuts trying to make the beats in the basement. Right. What is this? You're supposed to be doing math <laughs> instead of like – how do you do that? Right. Like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> how do you make that music or how do you, you know, create that art or whatever it, that, that thing is you're doing or how are you this funny? You yeah. know, like, we're not that funny. You right. didn't get it from us. Right. So. Where'd that come from? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and often it's something you have kind of no genuine interest in. And, right. But you could try getting a genuine interest or just fake it till you make it. I mean, fake it till you make that's it. At least my son in sports, like right. every morning, the drive to school is all about whatever season it is right now, it's football. And, you know, I just find questions to ask. Like, so this morning he was talking about the 49ers because I think they have the best record in their division. Um, those could be words that don't actually make sense, but... It's pretty good, Heidi. Just go sound like Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for nodding along. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. I don't even know what a division is. I, but I was like, so who... Tell me a name of a 49ers player I might recognize. Like, just come up with something to say. Yes. They just want to hear that you're listening yeah. and that you're not changing the subject, right? right? Yeah, and, and if he's excited about it, you can play that up. You totally. know, right? You can, if you ask a series of questions, he gets out what he wants to get out. And if you don't get it, like, you know, Will could probably explain to you like yes. here's why he's awesome you right. know like this is what happens on the field and right and you know eventually you kind of get some feel for it so totally. if your kid's into it yeah i don't think you have the option of like just deciding well, i'm not interested in football That's so i don't want to talk about that you yeah. know yeah or yeah. i don't like your music this, right. this this more than anything i think grinds my gears is you know like that idea you know uh, I like the Eagles, and they don't swear. Uh-huh. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> they were nice, clean cut. Yes. <laughs> maybe not. If I really probably, did some research, probably not. But... <laughs> there was the cocaine, but you know, we're look, looking the other way because that was California in the eighties. <laughs> Who didn't? <laughs> but right, I mean, th- th- this idea of cutting this huge part of life out and saying. We're not going to talk about this because I don't approve of your choice in rapper. You know, it's like as if we didn't do this. We forget like what it was like, you know, and that that's so crucial. And now kids have earbuds in all the time. They're listening to music all the time. And so it might be worth asking like, okay, why does this matter to you? Even if you say, I don't love this. You know, I wish some of these words weren't used, yeah. but tell me what the deal is. Like, why does this speak to you somehow? Yeah. Yeah. And your kids will go. They'll they'll be off to the races fast if you're not judging them. Right. If you're not trying to catch them at something yeah. with the question, right? <laughs> right. Like, okay, now that I have my ammo. Right. Then I'm going to take it away from you. Right. Yes. Give me the earbuds. Yeah. It's over. Party's over. You'll be listening to Hotel California now. <laughs> Which is a nice, pure church hymn. <laughs> yes, that's all it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Ah, okay, I think so, we're out of time. I think we're out of time. And that's stuff to fill in the gaps with. I think that's I think that's enough to work with for now. I feel like it is. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad they sent that email out. I'm glad I opened it for a change. Um 
And basically, I just like that they validated everything I already believed. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> oh, we I, like that a little, don't we? <laughs> I like that a little. But no, I did. I felt like those were like good reminders for me because it. I often question my own, you know, sort of boundaries and parenting style on a lot of this stuff because I do. I think I, I, I give my kids a break on some stuff that you know a lot of parenting experts would say not to like a, you know, like a messy room, like not checking the parent portal. And so, um, you know, I'm partly looking for evidence that I'm not screwing them up, but, um, I'm also looking for some input on like, okay, so yeah, you're taking that stuff off your plate or their plate, but then like, what are you putting on instead? That's actually useful. Right. Right. And I, and I think, right. If we follow the guidebook, right. Whatever it is, it would, it's so puritanical that it, it's not that interesting to kids, you know? So I think if you, if you pick your mild poison on occasion, um, I'm going to tell a story on friends of mine a little bit. Um, they've got a daughter who's in her late teens, and, um, and she sent me a video of her showing her mom and dad her fake IDs. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and they... They, they were hamming it up a little bit for the video, but it was kind of like, you know, well, good job, honey. This, these look amazing. Yeah. They've got the watermark and everything, you've, and our, our, the right address, different state. <laughs> you, you've really nailed this. <laughs> Crack. I mean, and that just think about, like, the, the money in the bank that is. Though, yeah, you know what I mean? Hilarious. Like, to support that and recognize, okay, this is probably reality anyway. Yeah. So we may as well get on board this train, recognize that. That's not for every family, not right. that particular bit but yeah. you know a little bit of that goes a long way in terms of the bank account with your kid yeah yeah yep Love okay it. all right this is on purpose you guys we'll talk to you next time bye-bye